So, you know, I was expecting the usual, um, you know, anaesthetic to go in your arm, mm. you feel all that feeling mm. and everything else. Come back from 10. Yeah, didn't have any of that. They literally, and they, <laughs> luckily they told me, he was like, I don't want you to think that we're trying to strangle you, but this is what's going to happen if we knock you out. <laughs> People trying to get kinky in the bedroom, take note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it does knock you out. This is the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast, where we do exactly what it says on the tin. We talk straight about mental health. You're very welcome, if you're sound. If you're not sound, well, you're very welcome as well. You might be sound after listening to us a little bit. <laughs> My name is Alan Clark. I'm a psychotherapist with a degree in counselling, and so I have to remember what my degree was there, uh, counselling and psychotherapy, and a master's in child and adolescent psychotherapy. On the podcast, it's not a psychotherapy podcast, but it is something that we do try and talk about mental health. I share some of my clinical experience, we share our own experiences, and in a hope that we can shed some light on mental health, break that stigma, and kind of get people talking and get people learning new stuff. When I say we, I mean I am joined by Mr. Cameron Clark, Cameron Alan Clark, my son, if the name isn't obvious. Cameron, how are you doing this morning? I'm all right. All right. It's uh, clean, clean and dreary outside. It's pretty fucking you miserable. Can, <laughs> yeah, you can't can't be fantastic with weather like that, but you know you can be all right. No, I'm, I'm not. No? Yeah, just uh, I've a no, I've a, I've a client, and he's like, oh, he came in yesterday. Yesterday, I was down the office. It was my first morning wearing a jacket to the office. He comes in the t-shirt, and I was like, I said, oh yeah, I forgot you love this shit, like don't you? He's like, oh yeah, I love this weather. That's I'm like no. Give me the. Is that why he's in therapy? Because <laughs> he loves it, the cold Irish weather. Yeah. Well, he's in luck if he loves it. He must be a very fucking happy man. Yeah. God, six, six, seven months of the year, he's at top of the ball. You're yeah. not going to see him now until April. <laughs> For about four days in April, then then he'll be shit again until a few days in July. <laughs> So we've had a couple of our lady listeners. We love our women on the show, obviously, because they're usually about half of our demographic. The demographic tilts between a little bit more men, then it swings back to a little bit more women. And we are continuing with the with the female issues on the show this week because they're very important. And men, just because you don't have endometriosis, as we're going to be talking about today with, with Carly Pittman, you're going to learn something about it. We always learn something about it. Do you know anything about endometriosis, Cameron? Didn't well, even know how to I, pronounce it, did you? Because you asked me, did no, I know? I knew. <laughs> no, I asked if you knew, because yeah, I actually did know. Oh, you did know. But, <laughs> have, but, you much, have you much experience with endometriosis? Not personally. <laughs> no, no, no. My um, fallopian tubes are non-existent. Okay. So unfortunately, I can't experience it. But I, I, was, I was looking into it. And from what I can tell, it's just pain and a, a whole lot of pain. A lot of pain. A little, bit more, a little yeah. bit more pain yeah. and then. Maybe some extra pain added on at the end. Yeah, I've, I've had that. To. That's kind of what I gathered from it. I've had clients that have had it. I'm familiar with the with the pain of it. It is something, and obviously that's going to take its toll. It'll take its toll on its physical health, and that's going to take a toll on your mental health. That's what Carly's going to be talking about later on. We did get to mm. do. We did get to record Amy last week. What did you make of it? It was very good. It was worth Amy waiting was for, very, wasn't it? it? Oh, it was. It really mm. was because you you texted me kind of immediately after and said. This, this was definitely worth kind of the effort mm. we went through to get mm. the interview and she, she's very open and honest yeah. in, in the interview I think that was kind of what struck me even from the beginning it was just total honesty she didn't need to settle in or anything she was just she knew the story she wanted to tell and she told it straight away yeah yeah it's great and again you know she she mentioned she'd, she'd had counseling and stuff like that and 
you know, this, this is the benefit of it, that you're able to talk about it, you're able to share these experiences. Um, uh, very sad, you know, that those losses and the expectation and the stress of it and the expense of it. I was like, mm. oh, and we went for the private hand. I was like, oh, and then we had to do this. I was like, holy shit. And I said it. I was like, yeah, sounds it was private after private after that, private. That's not IVF. I mean, actually, that's, that's yeah. something we should do an episode on IVF because that is very expensive. Anyone that's gone yeah. through IVF and I know have clients that have, that have gone through it and are going through it. And um, so if anyone out there has any experience of that, male or female. And I think actually, you know, a good episode to do would be miscarriage from the point of view of uh, males, mm. the partners that, that, yeah, that go yeah, through yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, cause it's a different experience. Totally, there's obviously shared similarities in between mm-hmm. feelings, but mm-hmm. like, like, like Amy talked about Brendan, how he felt shit, but when when the first miscarriage happened, he felt shit, but he didn't kind of feel what she was feeling because yeah. he never felt it in there. He never, he never could, you know. Yeah, and I think so I'd good. made that point of pregnancy being a kind of abstract concept for men for a long time. You just yeah. okay, you know, but where's the evidence? Or you're not feeling anything, yeah. you're not seeing anything. It's we a, can understand, but we can't mm, get the feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was texting Brian after, see how he was, and you know, I, I just, I just asked him, was there anything he'd like to, he, he would have liked to say to convey. And he just said that they're both delighted that some light has been brought on the subject, and hopefully mm. someone can benefit from, from their tough experience. So I'm sure, I'm sure people will. It's uh, if uh, we could take anything away from the last few interviews is that therapy is quite good. Yeah, got a lot, lot of boosts for the therapists in the last kind of three, four, five weeks. Mm everyone we've had on has had their own experience with counselling and kind of had very positive things to say about it. Most people do. Mm. Actually, it'd be a good episode if, if people have had bad experiences because I've definitely had clients that have reluctantly come in and had very bad experiences with, with, with counsellors because, as I've always said, there's bad plumbers, there's bad doctors, there's bad electricians and there's bad fucking therapists. Can, can, your, can your industry take the hit? It's not up to the fucking industry. They need to be better. Yeah. You know? you're you know you're dealing with people who are in vulnerable situations and you know, need to take responsibility for that so that was amy last week very good I really really enjoyed it first time talking to amy <laughs> we know of each other for years which is yeah which is wild considering you're best friends with her husband yeah yeah friend friend me old golf buddy yeah <laughs> um yeah what's been going on with you young man i've been busy you've been busy very 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 you're, busy you're back in full force you kept me yeah, fucking no, my... busy didn't you yeah, my <laughs> my weeks now, like my midweek is just anything I need to do midweek. I have like an hour yeah. to get it done. The window uh, to get anything done is so yeah. narrow. Like I, I have to get a suit dry clean tomorrow because I have a, I have a com- or a communion to go to. I'm a sponsor at, so I have to like, I have to run home from work, mm. get the suit dry cleaned, just to have it ready for next Friday. When the communion is, because I'm not around kind of the rest of the week. Yeah, I was saying it's Ashling, Ashling's birthday in two weeks, and I was saying to her, I have to, I have to repair stuff for that this week. Yeah, because I'm working on next week. Then I've got James, and then she's down, and then the following week, I'm back at workshops, back, back training right. in person. You're back doing it. I'm not, I'm not teaching. I'm, I'm attending. Um, oh, so you're that's, attending. That's all day Tuesday. So. Mm. That's a day gone, and I'm up to Dublin then, or I'm up to Oma then Wednesday night, up there for midnight. It's her birthday then that weekend, and I was like, "Shit, I need to, I need to think now for for two weeks in advance." Because, like yourself, the time is so limited. Yeah, and uh, Irish Rail has not made it any easier on me. What happened? So Irish I got Rail a text. first. Yeah, Irish Rail have cancelled my last train home, mm. which is the one I get home from college because I go in the evening time. 
because some engineer works in the town next to me so the train obviously can't make it there and they do it at kind of the end of the night Mm -hmm. so while that's cancelled i stay in your house which means Mm -hmm. a lot more traveling up and down for me because i obviously have to get home to get stuff done so it makes my my window of free time even more narrow yeah but monday there was an incident on the tracks not entirely sure what it was I think, I think most, most people can kind of guess when, more, you, yeah. when you hear incident. Yeah, if if all if all the trains are stopped, you, you can get kind of an yeah. idea in your head. But they stopped from six o'clock. So I got the last train into Houston without even realizing then the rest of them were stopped. And I got back to the train station at, what time did I text you? Probably around 10 o'clock. You text me at approximately 10 to 10 because I literally walked yeah. in the door, grabbed yeah, the keys. Yeah, so I would have just got to Houston and noticed that... <laughs> The departure board was still showing trains from like six and seven o'clock. I was like, what? what's going on here? Mm. And there was no, de- there was no delayed sign raining on. It was mm. just the times. And I went up and asked the one of the attendants. He said, oh, sorry, there hasn't been a train for close to four hours. He said, look, between you and me, it's probably looking like the trains are going to be cancelled for the night. He said there was mm. an incident on the tracks near Selbridge. So I was like, oh, fuck's sake. And the thought crossed my mind. is like, okay, I could, get, I could go back into town and get a bus back to Kildare. And then another thought crossed my mind is I'd have to walk back into town in Dublin at night. Where for those of you outside of Dublin walking past the <laughs> likes of Smithfield and all is Oh yeah. I was, not mo- very I was safe. mugged in Smithfield years ago when yeah, I was, when I that, was that, younger than you. That was actually the first thought that crossed my mind. Yeah. I'm not I'm not particularly afraid of walking around late at night. I, no, I mean this was about this was so in the I, middle of the day, so that'll tell yeah, you. Yeah. Like I am a bartender. Junkie with I, a syringe of blood. Yeah. I'm out I'm out at night all the time. But mm. Dublin is particularly dangerous yeah, around, around that area, time. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I had to text you. Of, and any, like, of, any, of any country. Yeah. So I text you and said, look, is there any chance you could come and pick me up? I mean, the so wonderful I father actually, I was. Yeah. So I could actually get home. And then the yeah. first thing I said to you was, could get the bus. <laughs> Don't think I should walk through town again. And you agreed it's probably not for the best. Yeah, all right. yeah we got a bit of time together. Bought a bag of chips, mm. a burger. Like like the old like the old routine. Yeah, yeah. Except it was on a Monday instead of a Tuesday. Yeah, we used to have that years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'd finish work. Where were you? You were coming up, or you were? Yeah, you yeah, were getting the bus up, up to, to be in work, work in early very morning. early Wednesday yeah, morning. Yeah. yeah. Get a get a chipper up to McCarry's. Yeah. <laughs> that that was our thing. Yeah. So busy. We're all we're all busy. Yeah, just like everybody else, you know, COVID's slowly coming to an end now. So I think everyone is getting that little bit busier. Mm, mm. You know, everyone's gonna start traveling and. Going back to work full time as opposed to probably the half and half hybrid. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people, are very reluctant to go back. Yeah, yeah. I think um, there was the binman bang on cue Thursday morning. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are reluctant. Whether it's a part part of it, anxiety of going back into a back into a work environment with loads of people. Part of it of going fuck that shit. I don't want to commute for two hours anymore. Yeah. But a lot, of, a lot of workplaces, I think, are coming to the conclusion that hybrid working is very possible and actually probably helps them out more. Yeah, I don't know if they will though. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> I think those I know for college now, um because I was on the, the board of management last year they were they were discussing it that Board of Management, were you a student rep, were you a class rep? The stu- I was no, it was the student rep for the college. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair but, um, I was they, they the class kinda, rep in college. Well it was that too, but mm. Um, no, they kind of discussed you tell me that fuck the, all, man, you know. I thought I, thought I did tell <laughs> no. you. Well, any, anyways, anyways, um, kind of one of the last meetings at the end of the year, they discussed how maybe the, the hybrid learning should stick around. Mm-hmm. That students don't have to come into college every mm-hmm. every day of the week mm-hmm. for classes that aren't practical or that don't really involve, that don't need a, 
college environment. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. So, like, um, so for some classes now, we have kind of check-ins where they'd only be 20 or 30 minutes. And rather than getting people to come into the college, they'll just do a Zoom. They'll just do a Zoom call. Yeah, that's good. There, yeah. There's no point in you having to try, which works for me. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a two-hour commute to college, mm. so going in, making a what is four hours going up and back for the sake of twenty minutes, is pain in the hole. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're back in college. You're back in the full swing. Work college. This is this is your life now. Yeah. I am, and I'm, to be honest, I'm kind of thankful for it. It's nice to be back into a full routine again. Yes, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, so what's been what's been going on with you? How have you been? What's been going on? Um, back in physio, back in physio on Monday, but I'm finished. Mm. Um, Andy gave me some good exercise. He's like, no, no, that's good. We're we're making good progress, but my arse is fucking killing me, killing me. Well, I assume I assume most of your exercises you're on, you're sitting down or on your back for, is it? Uh, no, he was fucking elbow in glutes. Oh, right. you know, getting in there. Yeah. Like the fucking last time my arse was this sore, Ashling was calling me princess. Like it was <laughs> I'm like still sore. I'm checking oh, it. I'm checking the mirror and fucking seeing if I'm bruised. It's really sore. But he you know, he works he worked a lot of stuff out of it, like so yeah. and that's but what he said. Probably, He's like, you know, it's probably the better kind of pain. Oh, that's what I said to him. I said, like, I know if you're hurting me that you're you're doing something. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like a massage of asking and I'm like you know, do a hard like I am doing a hard. You're not doing a hard. And she's, she's putting like there's not there's not a lot to Ashling. I was like, yeah. you fuck it. She's like, that's it. Like that. I was like, oh Jesus Christ, you're useless. Get, <laughs> I appreciate get her some it. Of like, those, um, get her some of those. You know the the weighted chains that they have in the gym. It's like you, you know, if you lift yourself back. up, makes you heavier. Yeah, and yeah. Then just, you know, I've had one of them massages before, where they stand on your back. Didn't know it was coming. What like the little the little women that. Yeah, just jump up on your back. Yeah, oh didn't fucking God. know what was that, coming. Like. I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's real. Yeah, and I was walked in, and then I looked afterwards. I was like, "Oh, that's what them fucking ropes up there for for holding on for." When she walks on my back, <laughs> oh fucking pain, Jesus. So yeah, no, I I need a massage. That's like you know, it's nearly a bit kinky. It's like, oh yeah, hurt me because like you're not doing anything otherwise. <laughs> the pain kink is really kicking <laughs> yeah, in. I know. It's like oh, that's it. That that'll fucking work something out. That oh, yeah, oh, I'm feeling that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just stop. I do, but don't. <laughs> fucking get it out. So Andy had the, had the fucking elbow bit into me, and I was like, he's like, oh, bro. he's like, look, I'm aware of the parasympathetic nervous system. Trust me, I'm breathing into it. He says, no, that's what you want. I said, that's good. He said, I don't want you fighting me on it. I was like, no, no. I said, I'll, fucking, I'll breathe through it. <laughs> so very, my arse, my right arse cheek is very, very sore. But, um, but I'm good because I'm not going back. So that's so that's a good thing. You're not going back. No, he says, no, I think you're all right. If you need to give me a shout, you know, keep up these just, exercises. What, just, just keep up with the exercises. Keep up with the exercises, that's... yeah. Keep trying to get some mobility, try and build up the area. So that's a, that, that's a good thing. Jesus, never heard of a physio telling people not to come back. That's what you want. That's, that's a good service. How's, how's, yeah. how's he going to make his money? Well, that's a big shout out to Andy down at MDC Physiotherapy. Mark, Mark Cornish, I set it up. I know Mark. Mark normally used to do me back and then his schedule changed. And because my schedule was all limited, I couldn't change his schedule. So <laughs> I was like, hook me up with someone else. So we had Amy last week. We've got Carly this week. And you know, all I can think of in my head is since Carly's been coming on. Remember the in-betweeners? Yeah. He chose the frisbee. Hey, Carly, catch. Oh, <laughs> That's all that's within my fucking head. <laughs> That was never in my head until you said it. Now, uh, it's, definitely now, it is, now it's there for everyone else as well. <laughs> hey, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carly this week, Amy last week. Um, oh, still feedback on, on Anne-Marie. Still yeah, I, I, yeah, I had a feeling that that one's going to yeah. be kind of one of the the longer running episodes. Yeah, so I was talking to, I was talking to Ashley the other day, my girlfriend, for, for people tuning in for the first time. Someone, someone does let me 
take up time with them. She's very good. She's very kind. <laughs> she puts up with me. She said, oh, my mother's talking to you today. And I was like, oh, shit. What the fuck did I do? Like <laughs> Straight away, I panic. Um, and she's like, oh, she said she couldn't sleep. I was like, oh, now what did they definitely fucking say? <laughs> um, but she listened to the episode before she went to bed. Listened to Anne-Marie. She couldn't sleep. Really, Jesus, what, so just had that much of an effect on yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. She's like, Jesus, it's horrendous. And they are literally losing sleep over listening to it. Yeah, so for, for those who haven't listened to the episode yet, or for those that have, mm. I was very anti-Catholic church in the episode. Mm. Yeah, that's where in general. Uh, on my commute to college, I, fin- I finished my book and my, my other book was at home, so didn't have a book to read. So mm. I started watching Midnight Mass on Netflix on the oh, way up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the whole thing is just anti-Catholic church. I'm just watching it like this is the fucking best show. Ever. <laughs> this is this is great. I haven't watched it. Is it a horror thing or something like that? It's 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 horror, but it's not particularly oh, scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, it's one of those kind of horrors. It's just yeah. kind of tense. It's just priests chasing young boys. <laughs> I, I'm not going to give anything away. <laughs> I say yeah, nothing. but say but yeah, it's kind of yeah. the whole the whole thing is about kind of the Catholic church. Mm. in like a horror setting and I'm just like this is the fucking yeah. best show ever like this is this is yeah. just fine everything I've ever said in my life <laughs> validated <laughs> yeah yeah so Franny did know Amory had um, unmarried mother in the 80s forced to give up her child for adoption horrendous experience giving birth horrendous experience of social workers afterwards and um, you know very well I suppose as I said you know I've said since that's the story we've heard. Imagine what we haven't heard. Yeah, it's, de- it's I think it's something we should definitely try and touch on in the future. Maybe someone who's oh, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to. Even do worse anyone else out there. Yeah, well, not even worse, but just their own experience. Yeah, we, we obviously and like not not to take away from memories. It was yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, but after oh, hearing her story, it, yeah. I find it hard to believe that there isn't a situation out there that it's just as bad. No, oh, that's that's the people that aren't talking about it. Yeah, no, that's Marie That's had lots. Is a therapist. Has lots of therapy. And is able to talk about it. Yeah, I'd imagine there's a lot of people out there who have had similar or worse experiences and probably can't talk about it because it's... Yeah. So there's there's feedback in real life off Anne-Marie's episode. There's, and there's feedback on social media as well. Paul, who we had on a few weeks ago, who was sharing his own mental health story. He really enjoyed Amy's episode. Great episode, he said. Really enjoyed listening to Amy's story. Paul hit us up on the Twitter. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can do so at stmhpodcast. That is the same as our website, stmhpodcast.com. If you want to email us with some feedback or a topic you'd like us to cover, or if you'd like to come on and be a guest, you can do that as well. And that's with the email, hello at stmhpodcast. Slide into the DMs on Instagram or whatever, Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast, same as Facebook. Is that a good social media plug? Was that was that all right? It is, but did, did you leave out the, the Instagram mention we got? Did we get an Instagram mention? Oh, yeah, you, you repost on the yes, story. Yes, I did. Yes, good man, good man. That's what you're here for, bud. That's what you're here for. <laughs> ah, shit! I need to screen grab it. Did I? You can't see that once it goes off your story, can you? Um, it's still there. It's not sure that hasn't been twenty four hours. Oh, it is gone. It is oh, gone. Fuck. Ah, shit balls. Um, fuck. go into your go into your DMs on Instagram. I'm in the DMs. It just has mentioned you in the story. Doesn't show it. And you can't see it. No oh, bollocks. Yeah, can you? Anyway, thank you to Andrew. Andrew threw us up on a story, uh, recommending everyone to listen. Apologies, Andrew. I forgot to screen grab it. I forgot stories. Stories aren't my forte. Yeah, it's gone. If you don't, if you don't, story, do you? if you don't add it to your highlight, it's oh, it's gone. Balls. Okay. Apologies, Andrew. Thank you very much. What you could do is you just throw it up next week, and we can and we can say something else around it. Instagram stories are actually a very good way to um, spread the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It totally. tends to really make a Pops large it, yeah. reach because. Like, how many followers does the Instagram have? 
Well, here's here's an example of the of the large reach. If you remember me giving out a few weeks ago. Um, well, every week. Every week, yeah, because and not just in general. I am a money bastard, but uh, in in general, you will hear me giving out with the social media and trying to share the post. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was saying about when we post, you know, there's like nearly thirteen hundred followers on the Facebook page. We don't push it because Facebook just limits it, and it's it's just social media is just not conducive to to podcast promotion. Um, I was saying like it shows it to about fifty or sixty people any post we put up unless people interact with it share it or comment on it here's the difference so this was just screen grabbed the day after um of the preview post of amy's of amy's topic around miscarriage uh 1224 people reached yeah no so now look at, at the end of the day and that's can, gone up since see... that's that's just the last one i screen yeah. grabbed that was that was like immediately because amy put up people commented on it and other people shared it that's like you have we have to understand the kind of social media side of it as well they are a business they yeah they are yeah they want to they want to reach out to the people but that's kind of why we ask people to share yeah. it because once once we put the post up it's out of our hands, our hands yeah. do you know we not can't a business? do anything about it us we're not a business yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do charity. not make money out of this <laughs> yeah but yeah that, once it, once we put it up it's out of our hands it's, mm-hmm. and it's kind of out of instagram and facebook's hands unless people are sharing it around yeah because they just have an algorithm they'll show it to yeah, ten percent. Not it's not even ten percent. Wasn't no, it? it was no, like five percent. But now, it, in saying that, my my Instagram stories get seen by about. It's probably not far off half my followers. I think stories tend to do. Right. Tend to do better than a, than a post. We, we look into that. Too. So that's usually a, that's usually a royal. <laughs> Speaking of royals, have you got any smiles or royals for me? I actually I have two royals. I, I did two only royals. Have one. I had I had oh, I had one royal coming into this. Oh, this must be good. <laughs> I had one royal coming into this. You morning, only got I've one got on one. You love a ratio. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about my original royal first. It it is the the train home, the last train home being cancelled, mm. and not just because you know that that's a pain, but that has added a lot of walking for me. We, me mm. and you were talking about it. This is the general what? train cancelled, not the ones that were cancelled. Yeah, no, no, they're incident. Yeah, they're the last train home to port is cancelled while they do engineering works. They didn't mm. say for how long. It's just cancelled. It's gone for now. Mm. And I was saying it to you, what Monday morning, that that has added so much oh, effort yeah. for me, yeah. because now as opposed to getting the last train home and driving home from the train station, I now have to get the train to Kildare. Mm. walk to your house then in the morning walk to the bus stop which is not close from your house either it's still a, a fair walk oh it's a solid mile that, yeah that's, that's one point something the one point one it's yeah it's about it's, it's about a, 20 it's 25 minutes yeah. yeah it's a good like and then if the weather's bad oh, it's an even longer mile. Yeah, yeah yeah but then i have to you know walk to the bus stop then walk home from the bus stop and port to do whatever it is i need to do so it's really added like an extra hour hour and a half of walking mm until that sorted so that that really got me kind of really kind of got me going because i already have a lot of commuting as it is yeah but then my, my second royal now is just missing the interview again today because i missed it last week yeah. when we had to reschedule just when we had some technical issues with with amy and now carly obviously has her own thing to do but it means i'm missing kind of the second interview in a row which is just a bit disheartening yeah so everyone's gonna be stuck listening to me again yeah without you there to and to break up the monotony of the and look, in, in, in fairness, the, inter- the interview last week was was very good. Mm. I think you like you're obviously the mental health expert, and that mm. was a very that was very mental health related, <laughs> even even as opposed to 
a lot of our interviews. Wouldn't, wouldn't expect that on a mental health podcast. No, but, <laughs> you know, there's, there's always a bit of something else in there. But yeah, yeah, I think yeah. last week it was very... Felt probably, know, how, it was probably how, a bit more of a therapy session. Yeah, because it was, you know, how, how did that affect you? Well, this yeah. affected me this way. You know, mm-hmm. it was a lot of that. And obviously, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I know Amy had said afterwards she felt it was very therapeutic. Probably hadn't yeah. spoken about it in such depth. And yeah. So glad to be able to, to give her the platform to, to tell that story and million percent as we always say is going to resonate with someone else yeah and it would probably it would have been one of the interviews anyway where I probably would have been a little bit more quiet because it's one of the times where you're the expert you ask you ask more questions mm-hmm. so it's not the kind of the end of the world just a bit disheartening to have to miss the second one now and, yeah well you know, we're on top of your one next week um, next week we have we have yeah, that yeah, I think now, it, yeah. yeah you're definitely going to take the lead next week because you, you sorted out that interview so mm. I'll let you I'll let you take the lead on that one next week so that's your your two two royals. Any smiles? Yeah, I do. I have I have a smile, and I kind of I kind of felt it as soon as I went into college on Monday. I'm just really happy to actually be in college again, <laughs> because obviously everything was on Zoom, kind of the end of 2020, mm. the 2020 year, and then all of last year, and it's just completely different. Mm. My course is one of the easier courses to transfer over because a lot of it is just writing and mm. kind of doing your own thing anyway. Journalism but when it comes to like debates, know. yeah, journalism. So, you know, it's, you know, you can kind of put it into your head what, what entails in yeah, the course. Yeah, it's a lot of writing. Yeah. But like any anything that involved a debate or anything, you know yourself when we're kind of in an interview with, say, when Peter's there as well, mm. and then there's a guest, it's really <clears> hard to convey questions and opinions when there's four people in a, oh, yeah, an yeah. online call. So you can imagine what it's like in a class with a class full of people. Mm-hmm. it's near impossible everyone's just constantly cutting over each other and then if there's an interview problem or an internet problem and somebody's speaking it all cuts itself out mm-hmm. so it's nice to be in a class again and actually be able to have those discussions without having to worry about any of that other shit mm-hmm. to feel like a journalist again and not yeah yeah just you know sitting at home writing a blog you're supposed to dress slobbily smoke and drink heavily isn't that how journalists um, are always conveyed? You're not like smoke in... inside. Um, <laughs> Isn't that so how that, journalists are always conveyed in TVs and films? That, that's that. Yeah, that's the Just old, that's unhealthy the old journalist. My lecturers always yeah. say I have a real old school journalist vibe about me, but then I don't really understand how. Cause I, Just because you're a fucking cranky old man. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> oh, but you, you go on like a cranky old man. <laughs> yeah, but not, not in journalism. I write, and I actually don't write anything positive, really. It's all very dark. <laughs> There's a challenge for you. <laughs> it's all very dark. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't smoke or very rarely drink, so I don't know how I can, I'm conveyed as mm. the old school journalist. But mm. eh, I'll take it, I suppose. So yeah, that, that that's my smiles and riles out of the way. I'm I'm imbalanced this week, but it, it can't be helped. No, that's that's all right. That's all right. Mm. we're all about that. We're all but we bring balance. We bring balance to the force. Yeah. And what about you? Smiles, riles, bit of both. Smiles, riles. I'm, I'm fucking going through my head here for smiles. Um, oh Jesus. You were yeah. the same last week. Nah, it's just no, not not particularly royal. Just everything, just you know, life, just more the same. Yeah. Um, just the same thing. Uh, probably relationship. Myself, myself and Ashing are going going really good. You know, it's a it's a, it's a great relationship that when an issue comes up, we're able to talk it out, communicate what it is that's going on, um, clear the air, and you move on. And I'd always say to clients around uh, rupture and repair, so the relationship ruptures. Every relationship is going to rupture. Issues are going to come up, whether that's with your kids, whether that's with jobs or anything like that. But the key part is how you repair it. Um, and when you repair it, it, it comes back and you build it even stronger. So, yeah, just just in a good place. A couple of things. I remember we, we when 
maybe when I was 16 or 17, there was this, there was this Twitter post that would constantly go around. Now, I, I was on Twitter at the time, so, you know, mm. you'd see it screenshot and mm. post it and everything else. It was a girl tweeting about how her grandparents had been together for 30, 40, 50 yeah, years. Yeah. So it was a long time think, anyway. I think I know the one about. Yeah. And she was like, how, how, why doesn't that happen anymore? Mm. And then the first reply was because people nowadays don't want to fix their relationship. As soon as they fight, that's it. They're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the likes of grandparents who, you know, generally they kind of, everything worked a little bit quicker back then. Mm. So, you know, you'd grow for maybe a year or two, you move in together, you get married early. Mm. So if you had a fight, you'd fix it. Mm. Because it was serious at the time. Nowadays, there's the likes of a talking stage, which with COVID now could go on for, say, years. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah. it gets into anything more serious. So if mm. you fought with someone, you're like, oh, well, this isn't really anything. You just kind of fuck them off. Yeah. I think it's very different now. Yeah. Generally, if there's a fight, it's finished. Yeah. And probably, I suppose we're probably under a little bit, probably a little bit more pressure with a long distance relationship. So, you know, we need to, mm-hmm. we need to be able to communicate and, and we do. Yeah. And that's, that's a fucking, I have to say, it's a wonderful experience uh, for me to be able to talk so openly and, you know, it's not going to turn into a, a blazing row or anything. Mm. You know, we talk it out, we sort it out and, yeah, it's, in, it's in a good place. That's me smile. Mm. Um, and I was just like, well, what's got me smiling? I had to think about it. I was like, no, that, that's in a good place. Mm. So looking forward to that. Me Royal. What is me Royal? Oh, yeah. My fucking bank card got hacked. Did you see this thing? With it's you this time. Terminal TSB during the week. No. Yeah, so I was in the cinema, went to see Shang-Chi, the, the Marvel film. Is it good? I've it's heard not it. actually bad. No, I have heard. I've actually heard very good things about it. Yeah, it was better than I expected. Some incredible fight scenes. Choreography was amazing. I'm in the cinema. I get a text saying, "You know, did you spend nine ninety nine at the Microsoft store?" And I was like, "Oh shit! What did I forget to cancel? Maybe I forgot to renew a fucking Xbox membership or something like that." Yeah, because nine. Yeah, that that seems very kind of straightforward. And it was on the Microsoft store, so I didn't reply. And I got out then later on, and uh, Dave, our former band manager put up that load of people got hacked and I was like, oh, hang on a second. Went in to check my bank account. Oh no, first I was like, I went in to use my card to fill up on diesel. Speaking of which, there's a fucking royal that costs of petrol and diesel. Holy shit, like 85 yeah, euros speak, to fill up the car. Speaking of that, actually, I was in, I was in wow. Portlaoise today and the guards were checking for green diesel. Oh yeah, oh, there's going to be so loads of that going on. So obviously my car didn't get checked out of a petrol car. For everyone else around, it's agricultural diesel, which is cheaper, but it's it's dyed green so you know if people yeah. are using it because it's not as yeah, much fat or tax on it's it for the likes of tractors and all yeah exactly and that, that's yeah, exclusively yeah. what it's used for it's illegal yeah. to use it in yeah. just so, the general car so i went to pay for that and the car declined i was like oh that must be off that payment i must text them back to say yes or no it wasn't me but then i found out 20 fucking payments of 9.99 taken on my account now that's also it wasn't just one no no that's a nine that's a nine for me like you know they'll go but for someone that's that could be all of their fucking bank cleared out. Direct yeah. debits bouncing back, credit score affected. Um, so what it also means is I have to get a new card. I've been waiting a week, haven't got a new card. 40 minutes on the phone at a quarter past eight on a Sunday morning. 40 minutes waiting to get through to get them to sort it out. Always sends out a new card. Still haven't got the card. Get, do you not get a digital card with permanent TSB, no? No, not so no. Well, I don't use it. I've got my credit card. I've got I've got revenue oh. and stuff like that. Um, but what it also means, so I used to have a personalized go- uh, card. The golf card? Yeah, that, the golf card. The had, yeah, yeah, so I, I had it that, years. Yeah. Permanent TSB for a short period of time. Had a couple of templates. So it wasn't just your boring one. You could pay a tenner and you get a personalized card. Or, or you could upload your own picture. And then they stopped doing them years ago. So it was basically, once that card is gone, it's gone like so now it's gone. 
and now all payments that are, are bouncing back because they would have been set up direct debit off yeah off mine, that card that was actually the same when i when i'd get mine changed and i forgot to change everything mm. so kind of as the month went on everything was just getting cancelled i was like why the fuck is that declining Mm. Like when I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's on my old card. It's the card, yeah. So yeah, so I had to had to change everything. Yeah, so that's exactly that's exactly what I'm going through at the minute. So yeah, so that's my that's my smiles, that's my royals. We it's all good. pain in the arse. Oh, total, total yeah. pain in the arse. But yeah, I think we're all good. We're all good with that. I'm off to get my haircut because our interview has been cancelled, postponed rather until later on. Yeah, so I'm going to squeeze in a haircut. Well, I can. In, our, in our tight schedules how they free up for lit, the little joys in yeah, life like a haircut because as you can see I am one fuzzy motherfucker look at them yeah, curls well, the listeners can't see but I can nah, they are some whopper curls yeah. yeah Ashling loves them so every time I go in he goes I don't I won't take a lot off will I leave a bit of curls I was like yeah you may leave the curls she loves the curls <laughs> <laughs> okay I think we're good to go we're good to go over to Carly so this week on the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast, we are talking endometriosis. What is it? I couldn't tell you. I haven't got a boom. haven't got a follow-up in tube. We'll never know the pain of it, thankfully. You know, male fucking privilege. I'll, I'll take it in this situation. But someone that does know about it is Miss Carly Pittman. Carly, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, thank you. I'm actually um, I'm having a few a few uh, well days, if you like. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling well good. Well days. That's yeah. no pain. That's no you don't pain. get many. You don't get many of them in a month. No, I get about ten. No. That's it. So yeah, we've yeah, caught okay. me on a good day. Before before we get into all of that, uh, Carly, where in the world are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, I live in South Wales, um, just on the edge between Newport and Cardiff. Um, I'm obviously not Welsh. Um, I, just... <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> we had Lloyd on. Lloyd was Welsh. Lloyd sounded Welsh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely not Welsh. Um, I, I'm actually from Bristol, and you know, family and friends are all in Bristol. I just happened to go and buy a house in Wales. Um, so and um, so before you move there, outside of your location, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Carly? went to uni in Bristol um I I did my teacher training in Bristol um I'm actually not a teacher I I finished my teacher training and decided maybe one day when I'm a bit older and wiser I'd go back to that um okay so qualified but decided not to pursue it yeah yeah and I loved it I absolutely loved it but Mm. um I was working part-time as a student really um in the drinks industry and um there happened to be a full-time job which I you know at the time was was my ideal job um that came up just as I finished my teacher training so I sort of fell into that and mm. I've been in the industry ever since and that's about uh 15 years or so now so quite a while endometriosis what, what can mm. you tell me about it Carly because this is where I hand over all expertise I have yeah I know what it is in a in a conceptual you know form mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know nothing about it, and I'm sure many of our men and plenty of our men out there, because obviously they make up half our listenerships. Yeah, you might be thinking, man, this isn't really, you know, this probably isn't one for me. It is because in all likelihood in your life, you're going to deal with some sort of woman. Yeah, <laughs> you're not an absolute I- dickhead, and they all just stay away from you. But <laughs> in all likelihood, you're going to have to deal with some woman in some form who experiences periods, has a monthly cycle, and you know, you're only going to get in the good books if you got a bit of knowledge 
around this sort of stuff. Absolutely. Super brownie and, for that one. Yeah. And, and this, I think this is one of the things that's really struck me is, uh, you know, I'm female and I didn't really know anything about endometriosis. Yes, I'd, I'd heard the word, but I certainly didn't so we're, know. So we're, we're, we're off the hook. Men are off the hook. Absolutely. Yeah, men are off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one that's of a bit worrying, Carly, because it's a pretty serious condition. And oh, yeah. how, how is it that as a woman, you knew nothing about it? I mean, the fact that I think I've probably had endometriosis for, I'd say, at least nine years or so. And yet I have only learned about it in the last 12 months, if that, probably 10 months. Um, the, you know, one of the reasons I can say I knew nothing about it is because it's not the sort of thing we're taught about, you know, and, and it's mm. so, you know, I'm sure we'll move into this a bit later on in the conversation, but it's one of these things that is very, very misunderstood, very, very uh, under-researched. Um, and therefore there's, there's no very sort of, I suppose, lack of funding um, within the NHS to, mm. um, to provide that research. And, and that's why, you know, it, it falls down and naturally that's going to fall down into education and in, and therefore into young women and, and children. Um, mm. and the, you know, the fact that we aren't taught about these things, makes it that much harder and that's why the statistics behind the diagnosis and and everything else mm. with endometriosis is so so poor because it's you know it takes so long to get a diagnosis and yet it's such a common common condition it's it's um like i was blown away by the statistics when i started learning mm. about it and how common mm. it one is. in ten is it one in ten women or something like that yeah, one in ten women. Ten percent of the female population. Yeah, which you know that's that's crazy, and I think mm. for for many of us that struggle with our periods, growing up and as you get older, I think you certainly. I mean, obviously, I can only speak for myself and and girlfriends that I've spoken with, mm. but you just you just get by and that's you know that's very much a female thing as it is you know we we play mm. them every so often and we do just get by um mm. but when you have something happen to you every month and you are just kind of expected to carry on and go to work or look after your kids or you know whatever it might be mm. there is there is no other way other than just getting on with it but i think you know for women that have bad periods, it then becomes an issue around the education around bad periods. Because for me, I spent the last 10, 10, 12, 15, maybe years, um, certainly my periods have got worse as I've got older. Um, but, it, you know, in that time, I've spent that time just being like, oh, I'm just one of those unlucky ones. I just mm. get period and each month mm. is just a bad period and that's where we that's where it needs to stop that's where the education needs to come in because actually there should be no such thing as a bad period and mm. that's where the education around endometriosis comes in miss Pittman, yeah. can you put on your teacher hat <laughs> and and inform us <laughs> yeah so what is endometriosis so endometriosis um is basically 
uh, a condition where the cell tissue that is similar to the um, the cell tissue that you find within the lining of the womb mm. attaches itself to other places in uh, in the body. So that cell tissue is outside of the womb and it will attach itself to your your pelvic muscles or your bladder or your bowel oh, wow. or you know it's even been known to attach itself you know in really extreme conditions to people's lungs um and, and what happened i thought it was just a womb i thought it was just no wow, it gets out of there yeah it literally gets out and just spreads. um and you know obviously i've i've had the condition diagnosed and, and i've seen pictures of it my own pictures um that mm. my showed me and the only way I can describe it is it looks like a black spider's web so it's really really thin spider webby type thing mm. going over your um you know different parts of your body and what happens is when obviously when women have uh, their monthly cycle the cells mm. build up um mm. they break down and then they bleed and then they leave mm. the body. Um, and that's your period yeah and that's your period and what actually happens with endometriosis is that same process happens. The cells build up, they then break down, they then bleed. But because they're not within your womb, they mm. have nowhere to go in terms of leaving the body. So it then starts to create sort of um, scarring and adhesions and all sorts of horrible things around your organs mm. because the, the blood has no way to leave your body um and that's where the the pain then starts to develop is you know these cells acting like a period acting mm. like should be leaving your body isn't um and that's the easiest way i can describe it obviously i am very new to uh learning about endometriosis and certainly mm. having been diagnosed officially uh in june this year so i'm really new to it um, but obviously, I've had to learn hard and fast about this in order mm. to, to understand the condition and understand what's happening to me. It can't be cured. It can yeah. go away. Even when you have it cut out, it grows back because, you know, you, you think about how the female body works and those cells continue to to build up and then break down and leave every month as you have your period. That continues to happen even once the endometriosis has been cut out so generally women will have it cut out of their body um it's the only way to remove it is to have surgery um and then a couple of years later they've got to go through the same thing again so my, again. yeah so my surgeon told me that she thinks probably within two to five years i'll be having the surgery again and that will continue until basically i go into the menopause and my body changes in, in a totally different way then yeah and, and do you know what I actually think although I really suffer with it and and there's been mm. times in the past where I've thought to myself I'm gonna have to go to hospital this is awful like I can't I can't handle mm. pain and I'm very good with pain um I think I'm actually one of the lucky ones in some of the stories that I've read and I've heard about endometriosis and you know I I had deep, what was called deep infiltrating endometriosis within my pelvis. The The consultant thinks it was just moving towards my bowel, but it wasn't on my bowel. Mm. 
but you know there's there's women out there that have to have the um I can't remember what the bags are called but you, you know the, the stoma bags yeah uh, yeah yeah because their body has been like ravaged by endometriosis and it's you know they've had to have their parts of their bowel removed or it's affected their bladder and you know it's not just a bad period that, yeah, yeah yeah that that happens you know and that's that's the frightening thing is that there's women going through this and like I said I consider myself to be one of the lucky ones in the sense that it was mm. only my pelvis but oh Christ you know if I really feel for the pain that I feel going through my cycle mm. I really feel for the women that that you know have it spread elsewhere and and you know it that spread comes from a delayed diagnosis the longer it is in your body being allowed to grow being allowed to spread mm. the the worse it gets and again that comes right back to education and if women or if young 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 women knew that oh my god i'm not just having a bad period i might actually have x y and z you know mm. you have the whole list of symptoms to qualify i didn't have the whole list of symptoms i had a whole bunch of them but i didn't have a whole list mm. of them. um you know i think you when you go through that checklist of symptoms you think oh yeah but i don't have that i don't have that so i must not have it and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you then won't go and say that to the gp or, or you know whoever you might be talking to um and, I mean, my GP, I, I actually ended up going to my GP and, and maybe we'll go into this story a bit later on. But I mm. went to her and said to her, do you think I've got it? I've had a couple of people say to me, my mum used to work in, in women's health. So so she'd mm. said to me, I really think you've got to push this with your GP. You know, I think it could be this. Um, and I remember being like, yeah, but I'm not having problems with my bowel. Like I don't don't need to go for a wee all the time you know it's it, there's mm. none of that happening so I maybe I haven't got it and she was like just go and ask and my GP didn't think I had it and 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 my GP's wonderful but she mm. you know she was convinced that I wasn't going to have it and she ended up saying to me I think if you want to explore this because of the wait times and everything else with with all of this it isn't considered serious um, yeah, yeah. isn't considered like an urgent thing that you'd get this referral for so I think you need to go private which you know mm. what I did and lo and behold they found it mm. so, Ellie, obviously I'm I'm old enough to be wise enough to never ask a lady her age you were diagnosed this year or you were diagnosed within the last year mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything but I'm going to guess you're a little bit more than 18 I am a little bit more. How how has what's gone on that it's only this year that this that this was diagnosed? So um, I'm quite happy to tell tell you my age. I'm 34. Um, I didn't ask. Don't be fucking. <laughs> don't be texting me in. Going, you shouldn't ask a woman her age. She said it. <laughs> yeah, listen. I know. I, I basically I know. I look about. 22 if not younger so i'm always very happy <laughs> champagne problems carly <laughs> yeah so i quite often feel <laughs> someone that works in the drinks industry <laughs> yeah exactly there we go um so yeah obviously i've made it to 34 and only just had this diagnosis and like i said i think i probably started having the conversations with my gp round about 
mm, March, April this year, you know, take you know, the serious conversations around could this be endometriosis? Um, mm. And and there's uh, there's a complicated ish story that that mm. leads me to this diagnosis, which obviously I'm happy to share. Um, mm. I uh, obviously I've always struggled with periods; they've got worse as I've got older, um, and I last year I was. I found myself in a situation where I was taking the contraceptive pill. Um, and again, this is mm. probably something we should, we should touch on. Um, mm. as many as, women do to, even if they're not having sex, regulate your period. Oh God, that was, yeah. And you know, mm. from, from day one of me taking the pill, it was obviously, you know, at times it was for contraceptive reasons, but Mm. from day one it was to regulate my periods it was mm. because fairly standard young girls you know bad periods okay let's get you on the pill that'll help yeah that'll help to, to regulate that yeah yeah absolutely it's you know the pill is positioned as it will help your skin it will um relieve period pains it will mm. potentially um make your periods a lot lighter as well you know if you're struggling mm. with heavy periods then it will make it lighter um it will basically all around make you feel better. And and yeah. certainly as a as a young person, I was like, I can I can make my body have a period when I need it. So if I'm going on holiday, I can yeah, make yeah. having a period. Yeah, every woman's done it. Exactly. You know, and, <laughs> and actually the conversations I've had with GPs in the past is that now they suggest that you don't even need to have that weekly break anymore to have the period. Your body is fine mm. to just mm. go back to back on your pill. And I remember saying to 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 a GP uh when I lived up north, like is that okay? Like, should, as a female, shouldn't I be having periods? Is that not going to affect me in the future? And she was just, mm. no, no, it's absolutely fine for you to do that. And, you know, I don't doubt that it is fine for you to do that. However, mm. I believe that we young women um, are not given enough education, enough information, and, and what I would consider informed consent around taking the pill and what happens mm. and I'd been taking it for years and years and years and years and occasionally come off of it um when I felt like I needed to give my body a bit of a break um and then would go back on it when my periods were getting too much and I wanted to control them again um and last year obviously was a, a bit of a traumatic year for us all right um mm. and I'd found myself um the year prior to that in 2019 I'd found myself really struggling with my mental health but from a anxiety point of view um and you know probably a whole other subject but I'd gone I'd spent a lot of time being like oh I'm just stressed you know it's a tough job that I'm doing it's high pressured go constantly I was traveling all around Europe I was just you know the drinks industry is fast-paced and we're switched on all the Mm. time and we're Mm. expected to be smiley happy hospitality type people you know Mm. Mm. Um, which we wouldn't can we just go back on that for a second carly just just stick a pin on that bit for a minute we spoke Mm. about it before of men sort of wearing this as a badge of honor you know you work the bollocks off yourself work yourself to the bone and you know because that's what you do 
yeah women are guilty of it as well were you the same were you like that kind of work to exhaustion is this yeah. a kind of this is what you do this is the industry you know we fucking work hard we party hard this kind of thing oh god yeah and and it's only now that i've been through some mental health issues that i realize mm. Absolutely not a badge of honor. You absolutely do not yeah. to wear that with pride that like, yeah, that's what we do. That's what we're expected to do. I work hard. I work fast. I work till one o'clock in the morning and that's just because mm. I'm good at my job and blah, blah, blah. Now in my job, I will openly say to people, I'm not working crazy hours. Like all we do is sell booze. We don't save mm. lives. So I'm not going to work myself to the bone anymore. Mm. But um, that's that's learned from experience. That's yeah. You know, as, as we cut back, so as we little did little little sidetrack there, we cut back to you're traveling around Europe. You're in a fast paced job. You're pretty stressed out. Where yeah. do we go to there? Yeah, exactly. And I'd I'd find myself kind of just thinking, you know, oh, it's just a stressful job. I'm stressed. Mm. There'll be good days. There'll be bad days, and you know that sort of thing. But I started to lose control and lose control of my mind I think um and in, in what way Carly in a sense that I've never experienced before I was having um I had all the physical symptoms of you know the heart palpitations the shakes the mm. I was probably I wouldn't go as far as saying manic but I I certainly had that whole kind of feeling of I can't stop I'm a hundred percent all the time um mm. i i had well, if, if you can't stop you will stop exactly and <laughs> absolutely i did stop and i broke mm. um and and it now i look back it was just classic and you know i had all these symptoms and all these signs that that I should have known about and I should have recognized. And and for me, the racing thoughts will be something that I will never forget. And, and I remember saying to the GP uh, and later my therapist and saying to, to them, like, my head is just going at a hundred miles an hour and I can't grasp a single thought. It comes into my mm. head and it goes straight back out again. And so I'm forgetful. I'm messing up in in my job because things are going in and leaving before I've even had a chance to write them down. You know, I had mm. all these things going on. Um, and so in 2020, in January 2020, I went to the GP and, and said all of this. And I remember sitting in the the waiting room for the GP and I was in flight mode basically and I, re I remember even mm. going to the GP I had to sit on my hands in the waiting room to stop myself from like getting up and leaving and I was just like forcing myself to be there it didn't help that he was about 20 minutes late so as mm. much, like I didn't want to be there in the first place I didn't want to have to have that conversation around like something's wrong please help me um all I wanted to do was run away but forced myself, I don't know what it was, what took over, but forced myself to stay there, um, went to him, told him that, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing what I think is really horrible anxiety. Um, and actually my concern is that the pill is contributing to this. I'd done a lot mm. of reading mm. um, and I'd learned about 
how the effects on your hormones the pill can have naturally you know we're, that's why we take it to affect our hormones. yeah yeah um, yeah. What I hadn't realized is the negative effects that it that it has on you. Um, so I'd had a conversation with him about, I, I want to come off the pill to see if that helps. Um, he had diagnosed me with what he called situational anxiety. Um, and I've had a few people since sort of say to me, I don't think that was fair to say that because isn't anxiety situational? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like to, to kind of, put that mm. label on it made me feel almost like I was being dramatic um and that you know because of the things that were going on it, I'd, I'd been made redundant about five months prior to that and that that literally took the rug from underneath my feet and and, it, and I felt mm. like that kind of was the starting point of of my decline um but you know I'd I'd kind of identified different factors and I knew I needed help and for me it was a case of don't just stay on the pill for the sake of it come off the pill see if that helps um he'd mm. prescribed me um some anxiety pills beta blockers um which massively helped actually um they helped with the physical symptoms um mm. which you know I needed at the time I was really struggling with insomnia as well um awful awful insomnia um so that's that's just going to contribute to shit mental health as well oh yeah exactly and you know it, it's 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 just like a, a snowball effect isn't it um, mm, mm. so yeah so I'd, I'd come off the pill and obviously coming off the pill meant that after a few months my periods were going to start getting worse again mm which I didn't really think about at the time. Obviously, I was totally consumed in what was happening mm. in my head. Um, so just, just to go back on that then, Carly. So one, you're taking the pill. It does help with your period. Mm -hmm. However, it's contributing to the anxiety and, and the racing thoughts. Yep. Then you have to go and get more medication to deal with the physical symptoms of the anxiety. Yeah. Then you're faced with, okay, I'm going to have to come off the pill. But when I come off the pill, the bad periods are back. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah it's it it's very much a no win situation mm. uh, and you know i have not gone back on the pill now i never will ever again mm. um because i've i've what i've realized about the pill is it's used as a plaster and what's the point in sticking a plaster over a problem when mm. you take the plaster off the problem's still there right it doesn't go mm. away. So actually, we have to fix what's wrong with us rather than just sticking a plaster over it. Um, mm. However, we, sorry, go on. No, we've had we've had this was something we wanted to cover. It was actually a topic that we that we did say we wanted to cover, and it came off the back of Ashley when we had Ashley on for the Black Lives Matter. She strongly, strongly believed that the pill contributed to her having suicidal thoughts so we kind of put that out we were like oh jesus wow this is obviously i don't take the pill you know it's not something i'm aware of mm -hmm. and then we had cody on cody had been a guest on as well uh around childhood abuse and she emailed back in she went 100 percent myself and my partner you know when i was having and my mental health was seriously deteriorating we were correlating with me being on the pill yeah and and, and here we are again yeah and 
do you know what? Not something I've heard, Carly. This this, this doesn't what? sound to be something in common knowledge to people. Have it? No, no. And or that, am I just ignorant? No, no, not at all, Alan. I think this is the thing. This is what is so shocking is that it really does cause problems. And as a, mm. as a young woman, when you're given the pill, it's seen as solving problems. And what you don't oh, of course. is is actually... I mean, I'm sure it doesn't happen to everybody. You know, I'm sure mm. there are many women out there that don't have any issues at all. Um, mm. But I believe they are probably the lucky ones because I think there are lots of women out there, certainly friends that I've spoken to. Obviously, I have a lot of female friends all have been on the pill at some point in their lives. And so many of them now are not on the pill. I've got friends that have babies and, you know, daughters and they have, They've categorically said they will not allow a daughter to go on the pill now because of things that they've experienced, because of, you know, the education around what we are learning. Um, mm. I think the, the beauty of, of our generation now is it's so important to talk about it. And that's why, you know, it's one of the reasons why I'm here talking to you. That's why you're here on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I will share it all over my social media I only have Instagram I don't have Facebook but I share it all over my Instagram because I think well if we don't talk about it who's going to and mm. you know mm. I've only got I've my Instagram's private I've only got my friends on Instagram so it's not like mm. I'm going to reach out to a whole bunch of people but it, it spirals right you talk to, to them mm. they talk to their friends they talk to their friends they talk to their friends mm. so mm. able to reach people by sharing your story and and I think you know periods and women's health have been such a taboo thing uh, mm. you know, alongside mental health that that people have always been a little bit hush hush around talking about these things and actually it's mm it's really, really important to just have no shame when it comes to talking about yeah. it. And, yeah. And just we had Amy on last week and she spoke around miscarriage and the exact same thing, you know, she was here to tell her story in that hope to bring light to this thing that is not talking about. Yeah. And you know, she, had a, she had a beautiful expression of, um, you know, when you start talking about it, you find yourself in this club that you don't want to be a member of. And when you open the door, you know, you see so many familiar faces. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you start talking about it and you and you bring awareness to it, you know, even now I'm going, Jesus, if I hear of anyone having really bad periods, I'm gonna say Yeah. You know, you might want to check out endometriosis. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that what it was for you, Carly? Was that it was just put down for years of going, Oh, just really bad periods every month then it's like, oh fuck this shit. Yeah. Um it here's was, a hot water bottle and a bar of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, literally. It was exactly that. And you know, the last, I'd say probably five, six years, I was I was taking codeine every month because the pain was... An obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the pain was that strong that I needed to have that. Um, and the, the GP that I have now had prescribed um, sort of strong ibuprofen um, called naproxen um, and also a... Uh, a I'm not entirely sure what it does, but a tablet um, that is specifically for periods that basically makes your periods a lot lighter. Um, mm. Take three of those a day for the entire time that you're on your period. And I'd kind of got to the point where I was like, I can't do this. I can't just mm. take in pills all the time because 
that's going to cause problems in the future you know the more drugs i put in my body the 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 more harm my body is going to come to um and that that you know that's exactly it i spent years and years and years just going to the gp and saying i've got awful periods of really bad pains really heavy bleeding Mm. awful headaches i had so many tests a test for anemia test for hormone imbalance test for all these different things everything obviously comes back negative and you spend all your time being like am i just crazy am i being Mm. really dramatic and to go back to to a a little bit earlier on in in uh the story i'd obviously Mm. had this anxiety diagnosis in the january um by the april obviously we're just in the sort of start of the pandemic Mm. Um, and it wasn't really pandemic related, but I think there was probably contributions there. Um, my mental health just went even further into a dark hole. Um, and, I, you know, I, I ended up, I, I moved to my parents for lockdown just because I didn't really trust myself to be at home. I, I live alone, so I didn't trust myself to be there in the mm. way that my head was. Um, and my mum had said to me. What, what do you mean by that, Carol? You didn't trust yourself? I I was having really, really horrible thoughts about not wanting to be alive anymore. And I don't for one minute think I was suicidal. Um, and, mm. and I had this conversation with my therapist a bit, bit later on. So it wasn't, it wasn't suicidal intent, but there was definitely suicidal thoughts there. Yeah, I didn't want to be alive. Um, and she mm. told me that it was an escapism. Uh, feeling you know it it was I I wanted to escape the situation I was in and that was the only way Mm. I could think to do it Um, Mm. but it frightened me that I was having those thoughts and I just thought you know I don't I I've never made any attempts uh, to take my life before but I don't know where I'm going with my mental health and clearly I'm going Mm. to heal so I don't trust myself to be locked Mm. down as you know as was happening alone at home so i went to my parents great emotional intelligence though carly to be able to recognize i think it's probably not a good idea for me to be on my own yeah i think i'm lucky that that i was able to recognize that and i wasn't um too far downhill and and you know my my mum all but forced me to come to her house as well you know i i think she probably would have driven over to wales bundled me in the car and brought me back over to Bristol um if I'd have refused mm. to because she could see it you know she knew something was going on um and she she forced me to call my doctor and then the the, uh, the I was actually referred to the mental health team um at the practice obviously there was no face to face visits no physical visit mm. um so it was all via telephone but the mental health nurse you know pretty much instantly said to me, I think you've got a, a pretty dark depression and I want you to start taking sertraline. It's going to mm. be hell for, for four weeks. Um, but you, More medication. Yeah. So I, I went on it and it was hell. And, I, you know, I'm sure anybody that's listening to, to this podcast probably will be able to relate in some form whether it's themselves or they know know people that have experienced that yeah. and it yeah. is well but um i think it probably saved my life 
um, going on these pills. Um, and seems a bit, sounds a bit of a paradox there, Carly. It was hell, but it saved my life. Yeah. What, what, what was hell? What was the hell? Oh, hell? just the side effects. You know, the the horrible symptoms. I I, I already had insomnia and it, it sort of, mm. I was finding they were knocking me out at sort of, well, I, I, you know, I was desperate to be in bed all the time, but I, I've managed mm. to sort of convince my parents to, and remember, you know, I was 33. I'm, I'm, I'm a fully grown woman at this point, you know, and yeah, yeah. my parents are saying, to, like, I felt like a child because I needed them. I needed them so much. And, and obviously they knew that. And I, at seven o'clock every night, I was saying to my mom, I, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to be awake. If I can go to sleep, the day's done. And then I've just got to wake up the next day and get through it the next day. And it was that the hell was the, you know, waking up at two o'clock in, in the middle of the night and then not being able to get back to sleep. The, the nights. Alone with your thoughts. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the shakes, the trembles, the feeling, I felt like a robot that just couldn't stop shaking mm. physically, but like an empty head. And I'd gone from this horrible anxiety of my brain is full of thoughts that I can't catch hold of to, mm. I remember being sat in the garden and my mum saying to me, what are you thinking about? And I remember looking at her and being like, absolutely nothing. There's nothing in my head. And I couldn't work out if that was a good thing or a bad thing. And obviously I was, I was mm. numb by these pills as, as the, yeah. the side effects. Um, and I'm still taking them now. I mean, I'm on a tiny, tiny dose now. Um, and, and in the process of coming off of them, but, and I, you know, I don't, I don't think really I have any kind of side effects now to them because my body's so used to them, but certainly for a long, long time. And, and, you know, for me, it's an experience. And if I ever have somebody in my life now that needs to go on antidepressants, I'll know what to to support them with. I'll know that I've got to be there and allow them to sleep and allow them to, to feel awful, but just support them through it. And, you know, Mm. like I said, as, as hellish as it was, um, I think it saved my life. And I think that, you know, it's, as I said just now, I'd, I'd certainly be looking out for that sort of thing with other people if I knew that they were taking them. Um, so, yeah, so I had that in in the April, the diagnosis. Um, and then <laughs> I did about four weeks of really hellish symptoms and I was literally coming out the other side. I was really starting to feel better. And then I got my period um, and didn't feel great. Had some pretty horrible pains as usual. Um, And I'd said to my mum, oh God, my period's really bad this month. Um, And she, you know, she was just like, have a um, water bottle and go to bed, get an early night, have a bath, you know, all the usual stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I did, and it went away for a few days. And then it came back, which was really unusual. Normally, like, you've got a few days of it. And mm. I remember saying to my mum, I've got really bad period pain again. And I'm like, on day three or four, this is really unusual. And I just thought, oh, for God's sake, it's just these ridiculous periods that I keep having, and it's just yet another stupid side effect that, you know, is getting worse and I've just got to deal with it so off I went with my hot water bottle to bed and that was that 
and I got up the next day and my parents had gone I don't know to a car garage or something they weren't in the house um we're still still in lockdown at this point um Mm. and I got up and had breakfast went came back upstairs to sort of get ready for the day of doing nothing in lockdown um and all of a sudden just out of nowhere I just had the most horrific pains um and I text my mum to say really really awful period pain where's the codeine she told me I took the codeine um normally it kicks in after about half an hour 45 minutes yeah and Mm. it didn't and I rang my boyfriend um who was in lockdown at his house um I, I facetimed him from bed and I said to him I really really don't feel well like my period pains are awful and he said to me you don't look well I'm going to stay on the phone to you until your your mum and dad get home because there's something not right here Mm. and I was kind of you know writhing in pain and whatever else and just thinking this is ridiculous this period pain is just it's too much now anyway long story short um, I'm very aware that this is a long story Um, it it turned out to be an ectopic pregnancy Um, which again, all new news to me, didn't really Mm. know what an ectopic pregnancy was, heard a few celebrities that had been through it. Mm. That's about as close to it as I'd ever got. Um, Can you tell the people that don't know? An ectopic pregnancy is where the um, the fetus is growing in the fallopian tube rather than Mm. in the womb. Yeah. So it's it's effectively the egg has been fertilised and got stuck in in the tube and started growing as a as a baby would but in the wrong place Mm. obviously your fallopian tubes are tiny and can't hold a baby Mm. Mm. so um it's uh, it's life-threatening um again didn't really realize that um and i'd collapsed and my mum had said to me could you be pregnant and i was like i'm bleeding i'm having my period i i'm not Mm. pregnant no way I haven't seen my boyfriend for six weeks or whatever it mm. was when, you know, when the lockdown happened and we had to um, go to our separate homes. Mm. Um, and so I was convinced I wasn't pregnant. And I, again, I was just like, mum, it's just really bad period pains. Like I, I really, I think I've just got to go to bed, go to sleep. She made me call 111. 111 said to me, you need to go to hospital now. And you need to tell whoever's taking you that if you, pass out to call 999 um luckily I didn't pass out I ended up at the hospital um and they very quickly told me you know you're pregnant um first time I've ever been pregnant had no intention of being pregnant hadn't planned to be pregnant didn't really want Mm. to be pregnant at that point you know I was in a just sort of coming out of a a horrible dark depressive stage you know and Mm absolutely wasn't any intention of being pregnant however you know I'm in the hospital I'm by myself my mum sat out in the car park because she can't come can't in, come in because lockdown. yeah boyfriend's yeah. at his house or you know on FaceTime and he can't come in um so it was it was horrible it was really horrible and the nurse said to me obviously you're gonna have to stay in um and have emergency surgery 
do you want to go and tell your mum that she needs to go and bring you an overnight bag? So I walked out to the car park um, and I just burst into tears. That was the first time I'd really cried um, over any of it. And I said, I remember saying to my mum, why now? You know, like I've had anxiety, was still having anxiety. I had this horrible depression. Why am I being hit with this now? You know, like it just mm. felt like a punch in the stomach of like, here you go, have this one as well. Um, and because obviously it was all an emergency, it all happened very quickly. And, you know, I was taken in for scans and there was all sorts of stuff that happened around the scans that that are kind of irrelevant, but um, they, you know, they decided that there it was an ectopic pregnancy. Um, what happened on one of the scans, I had to have a couple basically, um, because there was a few things that they couldn't quite work out. And one of the things mm-hmm. that flagged in this scam was fibroids. So this is another um, very common thing with bad periods that women get. I think one in three women have fibroids before the age of 50. Um, and they are sort of non-cancerous growths that grow around your womb. It's, I think mm-hmm two or three different areas that they can grow in so this had been flagged and they said it's nothing to worry about it's you know it's non-cancerous it's just a growth it's not very big don't have to worry about it their main focus was saving my life right I was having this ectopic pregnancy um and they'd realized that the tube was rupturing and that's where it becomes life-saving is that if your tube bursts you bleed out and die. So, um, and just to go back on that point, this is how I know I'm really good with pain is that I thought I was having a bad period. That was my, my pain scale. And I think to myself, if I hadn't have had this whole mental health um, issue and gone to my parents, I would have been in my house by myself, just saying, it's just a bad period. I'm just going to go to bed with a codeine. And then you're dead. Exactly. And then I would have, um, and my tube burst. Um, as I was being wheeled into theatre, my tube ruptured. And I tell you what, I've never felt pain like it. I was climbing off the, the table, begging them to knock me out. Um, and they did this thing called rapid induction where they, they press on your throat to knock you out quickly. Um, because, you know... Deprive your brain of oxygen. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so, you know, I was expecting the usual, um, you know, anaesthetic to go in your arm, mm. and feel all that feeling mm. and everything else. Count so, back from 10. Yeah, didn't have any of that. They literally, and, they, and luckily they told me, he was like, I don't want you to think that we're trying to strangle you, but this is what's going to happen. We need to knock you out. <laughs> People trying to get kinky in the bedroom, take yeah. note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it does knock you out. Um, <laughs> And, you know, that that's what they did. Um, and obviously I didn't realise at the time that my tube was rupturing. I just knew that um, I really didn't feel very well. Um, so when I woke up and, you know, kind of came round and had the chat with my surgeon, she told me that it was a mess in there and I'd bled out. And, you know, we were very, very lucky that we got into surgery when we did because it had ruptured. Um, mm. So I'm one fallopian tube down. Um, I still have both my ovaries um, and 
that she you know she was very clear the surgeon at the time you know saying to me you will still ovulate as normal from both ovaries and actually our bodies are really clever in the sense that the working fallopian tube will swing across and absorb the egg and mm, mm. do the work for for both of them so, that, so, so from that then is the hope that oh great this might solve some of the problems or oh shit am i going to be worse um, I, I think I had the fear that it would be worse um, mm. because the whole ectopic side of things I knew was not related to periods and, you know, the pains that I'd been having. The The only way I relate the, the ectopic pregnancy now is is the fact of, of the pain scale and the fact that I went through all of that and just thought I was having a bad period. Um, oh. And, you know, that's that's how how I know I'm good with pain other than the fact that I've got a lot of tattoos as well. So I know I'm pretty good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that. And then I'd had the conversation with the surgeon because they basically were like, how have you got yourself in this mess? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, clearly my period was late, but I was bleeding. So I thought I was having a period. Um, mm. I was had been tracking everything on my app because I wasn't taking any contraception. Um, and I, they basically like laughed, laughed at me and was like, are you serious? You are tracking things on an app and you think that's the way to, to do it. And I was like, well, what else do I do? Mm. You know, I, I don't want hormones. Hormones are messing with my mm. mental health. So they said to me, your only option then is, is the copper coil. That is a form of contraception that won't give you mm. any hormones, so I was like, right, okay, great. I'll, I'll have that. We're peak pandemic and obviously GP practices aren't doing anything like that. So I had to wait about four months or so, I think, to have that. Clearly, I was absolutely not going to get pregnant again in that time and put myself through that. Um, also, mm. I'm now more at risk of a, an ectopic pregnant, another one, apparently. Um so had the fear of God put into me really around that and then went and got the copper coil when I could. Um, and that kind of caused a load of pain and wasn't very nice and had a few other things going on with my troublesome cervix at the time. Um, so again, you know, I is there anything right in that area? Oh Karen? my God. That honestly, seriously, that, like... that was what I was asking myself. I was just thinking, what, what have I done wrong? Because boom, cervix, yeah. fallopian tubes. Yeah. Jesus. I remember a friend of mine being like, what's happening? Why are you yeah. hit with literally every possible problem that you could get? Um, and, and I just, I felt a little bit sorry for myself at one point and was just like, what for time wrong? Like, why am I being yeah. hippies? You, know? <laughs> you think? Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so because of all these things that was happening, the pains that I were having were being kind of related to that. Oh, you know, you just have to, you have to put up with three months of after you've had the coil fitted because your body's getting used to it and you've got to put up with that. Mm. And um I'd had these precancerous cells and had to have those all cut out. So then it was, well, you've got to deal with three months of that and, and your body healing and, and that's got to get used to, you know, that's got to get used to it. So about six months had passed and I was like, okay, I'm healed. I've got to be healed, you know? Um, and they did a load of checks and I was, I was healed, but I was still having all these pains. 
Um, and mm. I just kind of in passing said to my GP, when I had the ectopic, they talked about a fibroid that they found. Like, do you think this could be causing it? And mm. she was saying, it's quite likely. Um, I'll refer you for a scan and, you know, we'll see how many you've got. And I said, well, they only said one, but then obviously they weren't looking for anything other than an ectopic pregnancy when this all mm. happened. Um, so I had a, went off to have a scan. Um, they found a couple of fibroids um, in my womb. Uh, they weren't very big. They're about two, I think they're about two and a half centimeters big. So apparently mm. they can grow up to like the size of a grapefruit. And I think that's when they start removing them when they're that big. So, um, yeah, they, I'd said to the lady that did the scan, is this what's causing my pain? And she said, very unlikely, this is what's just causing your heavy bleeding. So I was like, okay, well, what's causing the pain then? You know, like, is this just, what happens? Am I just one of those people that gets bad periods? Mm. Um, and again, you know, took a couple of months. They said to me that fibroids are, are small, so they won't be removed. Um, take some painkillers, go back on the pill. And I was like, I'm not going on the pill. I, I don't know how many times I have to say to you, I'm not going back on the pill. Um, mm. And in the end, my GP said to me, given your history we will look to refer you um, for endometriosis. Obviously, I'd had this conversation. Do you think I've got it? She mm. said, don't think you've got it because the surgeon that did the ectopic would have seen it. Mm. So again, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have this surgery and they're not going to find anything and I'm just going to seem like this dramatic princess that can't handle <laughs> period pains, you know? Um, and, and actually a lot of stories that I read are of women feeling like they're being dramatic, um, which again, in itself is crazy, you know, it's crazy. Mm. It's crazy that you've got to be going through that much pain and you're telling yourself, am I just being a dramatic princess? And they, they say, you know, they say the pains with endometriosis are equivalent to the pains of childbirth. I've never had a child, so I don't know. But you know, that's that's an acceptable pain, and yet there's mm. a suffering with endometriosis, just sort of going, oh god, I'm being really dramatic. I need to just man up and get on with it, you know. Um, so yeah, I finally got my uh, referral from the GP, and and as I'd said earlier, I'd um, I'd been told that because of the pandemic, it was likely to be about nine months before I got seen by a specialist. Um, it's not considered serious. Um, mm. And my GP said to me, I think you need to go private. And, you know, you've got this whole his history now of all these things that have happened to you. Um, you're, you are quite rightly refusing the pill because we have all these records of your mental health. Um, so we don't want mm. you to go on the pill because we know that hormones affect your mental health. Um, therefore, you know, we're going to take this seriously and, um, make this referral. And I went to see a specialist and she asked me a bunch of questions. Um, and she, I was probably in there for about 25 minutes and she instantly said to me, I know you've got endometriosis. You have all the classic symptoms. Um, and even, you know, I went in for surgery three weeks later and even like the lead up 
me sat in that bed waiting to be taken down to theater i remember thinking what am i going to do if they don't find it what what happens mm. next if they don't find endometriosis and it's not there and it's not that causing the pain um and again you know this is something that so many women struggle with is that thought of like oh my god what what if it's not that you know and actually most of the time yeah. it is one in turn women have it right so pretty much mm. most of the time they are going to find it especially if you've got a, a decent surgeon um and yeah and and so that is how i ended up with this diagnosis and had i i really believe had i not have had that ectopic pregnancy i would still be going back and forth to the gp wondering what the hell is wrong with me i probably would have gone back on the pill just to try and like handle the the periods you know and Mm. the fact that i've had to have that ectropic pregnancy to have accidentally found the fibroids to have then been told no the fibroids don't cause the pain they just cause the bleeding to then finally get to the point where like oh actually because of your history we're going to take this seriously now and i'm 34 you know what about these girls that are 21 that Mm. aren't going to have any of that and they've you know they've got to go through all of that before they Get any kind what, of... what advice would you give to those girls, Carly? Keep pushing. As someone that went through it, keep pushing. Keep pushing, yeah. And and do you know what? I I had a boss uh, years ago, and she she really struggled with. Um, I think actually she has endometriosis, um, but she I remember she was always having surgeries in, in you know her her womb and having all sorts of problems mm. um, and I remember saying to her at one point how bad my period was and she said to me do not take no for an answer go to the GP and get it sorted like she she hadn't mentioned like endometriosis or anything like that to me but she just said to me do not be palmed off um but what does that mean you know like you trust the medical professionals mm. trust that they are going to recognize those signs and symptoms in something that's so common you trust that that is going to be picked up so I think you know if I was to say anything to anybody that might be struggling with their periods is that first of all do your own research and you know go online go on Instagram Instagram is so so full of helpful things you know it's full of crap as well but yeah so just just bear that in mind everyone don't take too much medical advice off instagram god yeah you know don't take it as gospel (laughs) but you know Mm. it's relatable and you know that there are people out there that experience relatable things um and god i learned so much now off of the back of relating to other people and what they're going through um and i just think do some self-learning do you know remember it is not normal to have a bad period it's not normal it really isn't and i just yeah i just think there's got to be more more education behind this because Mm. this could have gone really horribly wrong right i could have died yeah (laughs) and I, i was going through all of that and i think to myself I literally could have just passed it off as a bad period. Bad period. And that, I mean, that that's that's big, right? 
Yeah. Well, considering you could have died at yeah. home if you didn't choose to go to your parents. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and fobbed it off of going, oh, here we go. Get yeah, the chocolate out. Exactly. And like you said, Alan, you know, it, this doesn't affect men in terms of physically, mm. it doesn't affect men. But everyone's got a sister, a mother, a, an auntie, a best friend, mm. a, a colleague, a, you know, a boss, a, an employee. Everybody knows a female. And mm. something that has been uh, really apparent to me, the more I've started talking out about all of this, is there's so many men out there that are, and women, it's not fair for me just to say men, that mm. are very guilty of going, oh, got your period again, have you? Oh, get you some, mm. you know, get you some chocolate or, oh, hormone, yeah. PMS, like if you're having a bad day, oh, yeah. PMS, whatever, like, you know, all the jokes that come with, with period yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, we've all done it but yeah. actually these these are, you know I have several male friends that have said to me this has been so educational for me and I've you mm. know I've really really learned that it's not okay to to make those kind of jokes when actually this woman is probably really struggling yeah. and and we just laugh it off as oh yeah hormones whatever um, mm. when actually, you know, it's a pretty horrible, gruesome thing um, that really does mess with you. Um, yeah, so you hear that, lads? So if it comes to the point where she's asked you to wear a condom or get a vasectomy, might be one to fucking consider, boys. <laughs> you know, if, if that's what she's going through, yeah. be a fucking champion and step up. like. Oh, my God. And, you know, that's, that's good. That's like a whole other side of it, right? Because if we're not taking the pill and we're not, and, and actually maybe too much information, but I'm just about to go and get the coil removed, not because I want to have mm. a baby, but because I am still experiencing a lot of pain. Um, obviously I've had my endometriosis cut out. So mm. I'm now going through this whole, well, what's wrong then? Because the endometriosis is gone Mm. so why am I still in pain so my next step is to have the coil taken out to see if that makes any difference um but you know the, the, the image that came to mind as you described with Carly it's like uh as the second one is out in a couple of weeks I just got this image of venom <laughs> you know the, the, the you know the, the comic book yeah. it's like this this parasite this symbiotic thing that just fucking festers through yeah. your system this black fucking ooze that just attaches itself to different parts and yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that is basically what it is. And going back to um, what I was saying earlier about, you know, if it's caught earlier, it potentially doesn't infiltrate the mm. organs in your body and it doesn't become as bad as it can be. You know, this can cause in infertility. Yeah. If it gets onto your fallopian tubes, I mean, I did ask the question, mm. did this cause the ectopic pregnancy? And my surgeon mm. doesn't think it did. Um, mm. But it is, you know, it is known for causing infertility, um, which is awful, really, really awful. You know, if there's women out there that want to have babies and they've got endometriosis and it's just messing that mm. up for them. But, you know, if it's caught earlier, that, that, that will save so many women and it will save so many broken hearts. And... Mm. you go on to the 
and I'm not here to slag off the NHS. You know, we have a wonderful mm. NHS and we're very, very lucky with what we have. But you go onto the NHS website and you read about endometriosis and it tells you that the first stage of treatment for endometriosis is painkillers. The second mm. stage is hormonal treatment, the pill. pill. Uh, and the the next stage is effectively sort of referral for surgery. Um, and it says on the website that endometriosis can get better in time, which is not true. That doesn't happen. Mm. It doesn't go away. It doesn't get better. It it says on the website that, you know, it it's recommended that it's left alone for several years to see to monitor symptoms well those several years it could be fast growing and get on your bowel and then you end up with a with a stoma bag right like mm. that's crazy wow that's crazy well, it, it, this is gonna sound weird carly but you know as much as the podcast does i have this fantasy that wouldn't it be brilliant if some lad was listening to this and he went home to his girlfriend or his wife or sister and went jesus jesus babe don't i just heard today you know the way you're always giving out about how bad your period is. Yeah, I just had this fantasy. I like, imagine if that happened. Like imagine yeah. some guy just heard this and went home and was able to say that to some female in his life. Yeah, and then they go, "Oh shit, I've gone to the doctor. I've got endometriosis." And that you know, or some woman that's out there that's going through it. Yeah, and and Alan, I think it's really really important. You know, like you said, half of your listeners are male, and it mm. is really important that guys do kind of understand these things. Yes, physically it doesn't happen to them, but physically mm. they are having to deal with the stress that comes with hormonal women and yeah. the pressure that it might put on a relationship, whether that's, you know, a um, romantic relationship or mm. other. Um, mm. it, it will come with with pressures and stresses and, and everything else. And I think, like you said, if there is a, a guy out there that can go home and be like oh my god actually maybe we need to go to the gp because mm. you might not just have a bad period it might be something else and and they research the symptoms and they think mm. we've got three of these 10 symptoms it could be um, mm. because you know remember you don't have to have every single symptom for it to be a, yeah. an issue right um and yeah, I think if 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 there's a, a guy out there that knows a, a, a female in his life that is struggling to, to raise that, mm. I got to 34 before I knew what endometriosis is, you know? Yeah. It's important that there's girls out there that, that may learn about it younger. Yeah. And the other, the other 50% of our listeners, ladies, mm. there you go, you've heard it. If, it's any of it's, if any of it's relatable, keep pushing for it. I look down at my balls. <laughs> Carly and I'm very glad that those gonads became testicles rather oh, than yeah. ovaries. Right. You're lucky. Like, yeah. Lads, regardless of the endometriosis, if she's on her period and she asks you to go down to the fucking garage at ten o'clock at night to get her bar of chocolate, get the fucking bar of chocolate. <laughs> Count yourself fucking lucky. Yeah. Like fucking hell. Yes. Just just do it. Buy her the fucking chocolate. Get her the fucking can of fizzy. Get her a packet of crisps. Get her whatever the fuck she wants. Like, yeah. Fucking champions, girls. <laughs> so that was straight talking endometriosis and a huge thank you to Carly for coming on and telling her story. 
if like you may do with some other podcasts, I know I certainly do. Sometimes you just go, okay, that's the interview over there now. I'll just finish up that episode. Don't, because if you've been doing that, you've missed out on the words of wisdom that we take from our guests at the end of every episode. So just in case that is the case, just to give you a little heads up on that, there is more to come after my little bit of shy talking here to promote everything else. So just stay tuned if, if you don't normally. If you did like what you heard and you did take something from that, and I have to say I did, I love coming away from an episode where I come out feeling informed and I hope you felt informed and entertained in certain aspects as well. If you did like what you heard and if you took something from that episode, please feel free to give us a rating on iTunes if that's where you get your podcast. Even if it isn't, maybe just log on and give it a five star if you feel this. If you feel the podcast does warrant five stars. If you want to hit us up on Spotify, you can follow us there. Get notified when our new episodes go up. Don't forget they go up every midnight on Tuesday. So Monday night into Tuesday morning. That's when you get our new episodes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so. You can hit us up on the website, stmhpodcast.com. There you will get the plug for the email address, which is hello at stmhpodcast.com. With that email address, you can hit us up for topics. You can send us in your feedback if you'd like to come on and be a guest. Absolutely, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to be able to tell your story, get your story out into the world to inform other people the way Carly has done with us this week with endometriosis. If you want to get us on any other social media, you can do that. It's Straight Talking Mental Head Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Please give a comment. Please add us to your stories. Please give a share if you see it on Facebook or even if you just see it and comment, yeah, great episode, really enjoy that. Whatever it may be, that shows up on your friend's timeline and we get to spread knowledge from the podcast. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's STMH Podcast. Same as the website, same as the email address and all of that. We're trying to link it all in together. You can give us a retweet or you can slide into our DMs. We're going to have another great guest for you next week, folks, as always. But in the meantime, what we're going to do is we're going to leave our last word with Carly. But in the meantime, folks... Look after yourselves and look after each other. One of the things we do on the podcast, Carly, as you know, as you've, as you've listened through, we ask all of our guests to come on to share some words of wisdom, some life learnings, <laughs> some motto, some creed that they live by, whether it's endometriosis related or not. I'll maybe throw over to you to maybe share that with, with our listeners. Wow. I feel a lot of pressure on there to make a, a live. <laughs> 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 um, so my initial thought was to say, don't take the pill, but I can't say things like that. That's that's probably mm. irresponsible to say that. Um, but seek medical advice, but seek con- medical consider yeah. make make some considerations for it. Yeah. yeah, look at the side effects, man. You know, just have a look at the side effects and and remember that. But I would, if I was to impart any little bit of wisdom, I would say we know our bodies inside out, and. Mm. If something feels wrong, then make sure that you push um, the GP. You don't have to be horrible about it or rude or passive mm. or anything, but you know if you're in pain and push for, it for further investigation because it, it can always be done. Mental health. Mental health. Mental health.